Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, June 22nd. Five minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. I'm Casey Daniels. You can find us both on Twitter. He's at Rob M. Kendall. I'm at Casey Daniels 317. And right now, if you'd like to watch, we're both on YouTube. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. All right, let's talk about what's going on with Riley Gaines. She challenged the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin on Wednesday. He accused Republicans of promoting hateful rhetoric by questioning the rights of transgender youth. Now, Riley Gaines, she was on Capitol Hill. She was a witness for the Senate's hearing on the LGBTQ civil rights. Durbin said lawmakers need to be careful when they're talking about this issue. Isn't it fascinating that the Democrat Party is wholly invested, like they're going to the mat on men being able to not only play, but also dominate Mm -hmm. women's sports? Yeah. Yep, that's what they're doing. <laughs> Let's just forget about all of the women for this low population of people. I mean, this isn't like some social program debate. This isn't, a, you know, an infrastructure program. This isn't about securing the border. The Democrat Party, the line in the sand for the Democrat Party is ensuring that men can play in and dominate women's sports. Yeah. Okay, let's just do a little history review, can we? Because we're sitting here in the crossroads of America. Yeah, you're a woman, too. The capital city of Indiana, headquarters of the NCAA. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Title IX passed with the Education Amendment Act in 1972. Richard Nixon put this up. But you know who introduced the Title IX Amendment? Who was that, Casey? That was Senator Birch Bayh of Indiana. Oh, yes. He's the one who helped guide the bill through Congress, called it an important first step in the effort to provide for the women of America something that is rightfully theirs. You wonder what the perceived win for the Democrats is, because polling shows overwhelmingly that while people may be supportive of things like gay marriage... They are not supportive of men being able to play and dominate women's sports. It is a total loser in the eye of public opinion, but maybe it is like everything else that the Democrats believe that if we just ignore it long enough and it's not a big enough priority to ultimately affect how people vote in mass, that we can deflect this long enough that we can normalize this as, as we have normalized other things. And then we win that way. So it's that sick, isn't it? Well, I think it's obvious to anybody. They can see women's sports was created and designed for equality. That's the reason. And now if you let these trans compete in women's category, you're stripping the equality out of it. You're taking away the whole reason that it exists. And many people say, okay, well, there should be a male category, a a biological male category, a biological female category, and then an open category. No, because the biological men are men. 
They're, they're pretend women. They're playing women. Dylan Mulvaney is pretending to be a woman. He is not a woman. That is a man. Those are men playing women's sports. If men want to play men's sports, great. If not, then you don't play the sport. Th- this is not this is not that hard. And the Democrats, for some reason, have gone all in on ensuring that men can beat the crap out of women in women's sports. So before the Title IX took place, a lot of female students, they were often barred from male-only courses and fields of study. That included everything from woodshop to calculus to criminal justice, law, and medicine. Can you imagine had they not passed that? You couldn't be a cop if you were a woman. Couldn't be a doctor if you were a woman. Couldn't go to woodshop. I don't even know if they offer that anymore. But some colleges and universities, they refused to allow women to attend. They established quotas. All of these things. So the Education Amendments Act passed, and in that was Title IX. And ever since Title IX passed in 72, year after year, participation rates for women in sports exploded, right? As it should. And now the trans movement well we don't have any place to compete well guess what neither did women until something was done about it so if you want to compete you want to have your own category go work for it like women did make it happen for yourself don't take my space to elevate yourself and if you're a woman i think one of the things they're trying to they being the lunatic leftists that support this stuff they're trying to pressure women to say well if you concede the ground that men are better at sports than women you're somehow unempowering i don't even know if that's a word i may have just made it up but unempowering women like you are you are disempowering is that a word yes are you sure i'm pretty sure okay i'll go with you (laughs) uh you're disempowering women like you're somehow uh you know uh, you're somehow a plague to your gender you're somehow letting every woman down by admitting that hey men you know men are just better at certain things than than women and that is absolutely 100 not the case that if you acknowledge biology and the makeup of men and the makeup of women that men on the overwhelming majority of sports have huge advantage based on their physical frame their strength their speed like that's just that's just the way it is and riley Gaines yesterday she john kennedy was kind of spearheading the the questioning here and she got into it well she didn't get into it she was asked to comment on the comments made by a trans activist about serena and venus williams mm-hmm. playing tennis against men and riley Gaines handled this so well this is this is just perfect women you don't some that believe are that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I I don't think. How how many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, And it's just not the case. She is stronger than that. What's your experience, Ben? 
male, female. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, my experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. I, I love Riley Gaines. I mean, she she's putting her entire life and career on hold. Maybe she's changing a new direction and she'll run for office uh, as she should. She was supposed to go to dental school. But when she competed against Leah Thomas in championship levels and then they awarded Leah Thomas, I, I think she found her calling and good for her because we need more women to stand up for women's rights in sports like she is doing. But the theme of the day is the way people lie in politics and government. So we've laid out the blatant lie told by Mike Pence. We laid out the lie, you know, told by Adam Schiff. Here's another example. So this woman cites Serena Williams. This happened, Casey. In 1998, the 203rd ranked tennis player in the world for men, guy's name was Karsten Brosch. Kevin, you're into the German stuff. B-R-A-A-S-C-H. Is that Brosh? Am I close on that? Uh, I think it's Brock. Is it Brock? C-H you said at the end? Yeah, yeah Brock. B-R-A-A-S-C-H. O-S-C. Yeah, Brosh. Brosh. So yeah. I was right. Okay, perfect. Karsten Brosh was the guy's name. He was the 203rd ranked man in the world in 1998. He beat Serena and her sister Venus back to back. Like he played one match beat them, played the next, beat them. Mm -hmm. That's the 203rd ranked man in the world against the two best tennis players in the world in their prime. Right. And I, I loved it how that woman was trying to say, well, there's a lot of men who say, you know, they can't beat Venus and Serena. And then Riley was right there with the facts. Yeah, no, that, that actually happened. And she admitted, hey, they're phenoms. They're amazing. And then she cited how her own husband is a great swimmer but she can't beat him there's a website called ten this is how ridiculous this is so tennisnow.com is the website and they caught up with this guy this brosh guy and they also talked to now this has been several years ago this was like six years ago they talked with all of them serena venus all of them and here is what serena williams said so before politics was injected into all this this was her comment quote I hit shots that would have been winners in the women's tour and he got to them easily. Like it's just, it's a different, it's just a different, it's, it's different universes, right? Mm -hmm. Like the things that work on earth don't work on Mars. It's just, it's, it's different. Different things are required for life, right? It's a different game. Men are stronger. Men are, are faster. They have biological advantages. Exactly. It doesn't make women any any less. It doesn't make, it's not an insult to women. It's like, I can't give birth. My wife is better at birthing than me because physically, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't do it. Right. That's right? what her body's made to exactly. do. Exactly. Yours is not. It is not an insult. It is not, oh, women are less than. It is men and women should not be competing against golf is a great example uh many many years ago there was a a young female golfer named michelle Wee. 
And Michelle Wee, from the time she was a very young girl, was going to be the greatest female golfer that ever lived. And she was going to tear apart the female LPGA Tour, and it wasn't even going to be close. And very early on, as a novelty, they began putting her in men's tournaments, these low-level low goober tournaments, because they were trying to get sponsors were like, oh my gosh, people will tune in to see this little, you know, she was 14, 15, whatever at the time. And she is the next great thing, and she's going to dominate the LPGA. She was horrible against men. Why? Because on a women's course... The tee's up farther. Exactly! She, she, she's hitting, you know, 400 yards mm-hmm. would be a huge stretch on a female par four for a female golf she's coming in with clubs she's hitting woods into par fours and can't get there in 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 some cases on the men's course why because men hit the ball further that's your right casey that's why there's women's tees right that's why they're up farther i mean there's a huge difference it's like the average weight of an american woman who is 45 years old i think it's like something like 163 pounds the average weight of a man who's 45 years old is not 163 pounds. I mean, there are just obvious differences. And I know, because we've been talking about tennis, somebody's going to pipe up and go, well, Billy Jean King beat Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs was a middle-aged, out-of-shape guy who was a has-been, and she was in the absolute prime of her life. We're talking about equal playing fields here. Like, yes, Serena Williams could probably in her prime have beaten i don't even know who would have been the equivalent of bobby bobby riggs there some out of shape guy who was not you know actively whooping it up on the on the tennis tour we're talking about all things being equal like high school boys against high school girls college men against college women professional men against professional women in the sports it's not, it's ridiculous, and the left is sick, and they should be totally ashamed of themselves. There's no reason to throw out an entire genders category to appease just a small population right. of people, and that's what they're trying to do. It's 19 after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Travis! <laughs> 21 after 10, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You got something to say about that? Oh, no. no, I just... <laughs> okay. I just... Uh... <laughs> I mean, look, that guy was a fan of the old Rob Kendall show, Weekends on WIBC, and yeah. I'm sorry that offends you, you that he was you, such a fan of the Rob wanna, Kendall show. Do you want to go back to hosting a Saturday show? Is that uh, what you're saying? Look, To I, appease that one guy? Well, no, it was a lot of work, and it was really... But I mean, those I did some of, some of, some of, not all of, but some of my best work back then. Okay. I mean, the guy well, was just a... We were just like... We were just babes in the woods back then, Casey. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what you were doing, huh? <laughs> it, it does sound like he enjoys our banter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he doesn't even know your name, Kevin. <laughs> that young man. Well, he knows it. He knows <laughs> it. Say my name. That young man. Uh-huh. Okay, well, let's talk about this announcement. IBM has announced that artificial intelligence will form part of Wimbledon's tennis commentary this year. We were talking about tennis just moments ago. Uh, apparently, this is to help fans to engage with the tournament 
on a deeper level. Okay, so it's going to be a new feature. It's going to be used in all of their video highlights packages during Wimbledon. It's going to be available on the website and the app. So there's also a radio company. It's called, I believe, Alpha Radio, and they have just announced that they're going to have new disc jockeys based on AI. So you could be listening to the radio in the future or watching Wimbledon, and it's not a human giving you the information. Now, as a listener, I would think, okay, it's going to be clear. It's going to be concise. It's going to be perfect, right? Yeah. But isn't the fun of listening sometimes hearing the host mess up or reveal the human side of themselves? Well, that's a fascinating take. And look, obviously, I'm very biased as I uh, make my living not having artificial intelligence well, being talked to. clearly, we're not fans of it. Uh, but you're, you're right. So when I was a kid, and I don't know if you, fe- you felt this way, there was something enthralling. And, and, and when I was a kid, it was the early days. There were, I'm sure there was some pre-recording voice tracking, et cetera. Certainly not nearly as prevalent as it is today. But there was something enthralling of the idea. I used to really love, we had a community radio station that was literally up the road from my house. And it was in this old revamped pet store and it sat up on a hill mm-hmm. on on Green Street in Brownsburg and there was always something enthralling to me that I felt like hey even at eight o'clock at night because you would drive by and you would see some guy's car in the parking lot and so you would realize hey even at this hour there's some guy that if I picked up the phone and called him mm-hmm. he would care enough to answer because he did yeah and he would actually play Whatever song I wanted. Now, I may have been the only person calling, and maybe that's why I did it. My fan is calling. I better answer. But there was something enthralling about the idea of human interaction. Well, I think that's part of listening to the radio. It's companionship. Many people will just put it on in the house. Uh, If they're alone, it's just that noise in the background. Many people listen intently to every single word. But if it's not even a human... Is it going to have that same feel? Well, but they're going to know it's a robot talking to Well, and that's interesting because what they're doing, society is doing is, and they do this over time, they dilute the value of of things. We talked about that earlier with the trans. They're trying to normalize it. They're not going to win today, but they're going to normalize it and numb people to the point where they will win eventually. And the same thing is true with human interaction. I think one of the reasons there's such a level of depression and suicide and all sorts of other things amongst young people is they don't interact with other people other than through electronic devices. Right. Well, their heads are buried down in their phone. Right. I mean, other than organized youth sports, Mm -hmm. many kids get very little interaction with other kids. Whereas when I was a kid, you would go around the corner and you would, as soon as you got your homework done, you would meet up with your buddies and you would play basketball or football or baseball with a tennis ball in a parking lot uh, until it got dark. And then you were smart enough, in my case, to know don't talk to strangers and you'd, you'd run home. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, these things don't exist anymore. And I think human interaction, the value of human interaction, the importance of human interaction, the value of humanity itself is being gutted out of our society and out of the culture. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned diluting humans that uh, AI is doing now. They're saying that AI will create a pro- productivity boom, but 
at what cost? Yeah. That's what you have to consider. Uh, can I tell this story real quick and then we go to break? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I used to go to the high school basketball games and I would see this guy from the county radio station there doing the ball games. And I always thought, man, that's so cool. He gets to be on the radio. Mm -hmm. And so one day I just walked up to him and started talking to him. And I I said, man, you know, when uh, when when I when I grow up, man, like I want to be you, I want to do this. How do I get involved in this? And he just looks at me and he goes, you don't want this life. <laughs> you don't. And I think it, I later became, it became clear to me he was there actually working off a debt. He owed the radio station. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even getting paid. Mm-hmm. At least that's how the story was relayed to me. And I, Casey, I, gosh darn it, I didn't take his advice, but every time uh, I look at my bank account, I kind of wish I would have. Well, to our benefit, you didn't take his <laughs> advice. It is 1027. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. And this is the portion of the program that we turn over to you with your voicemails at 317-684-8444. It's 1034. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So we're going to start with some electronic correspondence. Okay. And this came to me via social media. Oh, boy. And do you remember, was this two days ago, we were talking about how when you look at what the government is doing from the Hunter Biden standpoint, how this guy skadoodles mm-hmm. on out the door, yeah. no jail time, and yet Trump is on trial essentially for his life, mm-hmm. how more and more you factored in with you've got Fetterman in this press conference, you've got Biden saying the queen is... God bless the, God save the queen. still alive. Yeah. You've got, like I said, Fetterman comparing Biden to a collapsed bridge. Uh, It's like someone is filming all of this and soon someone will walk out with the camera Mm -hmm. like they used to do on what was the uh, Ashton Kutcher show, Punked, Punked. and say, ha ha, gotcha, gotcha. You're on candid camera. Yes. As though everyone, you, Kev. Everyone is in on the act, mm-hmm. and I am just the person that is is being filmed. Yeah, we got a we got a message about that. Oh boy, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> Smartest thing I've ever heard you say is that you thought everyone in the government was playing a part, and we are being punked. You are absolutely correct. You've never noticed the mask? (laughs) Biden's mask? Obama's mask? Or maybe... (laughs) The fact that the Clintons keep changing their height? What? (laughs) Your ego is massive. Too massive. Relax and enjoy the movie. <laughs> Which you're starring in. By the way, Trump's your commander in chief. 
Something tells me you know this. But you're playing your part. I hope that's it. Because if you're still lost, you'll never awaken. <laughs> Is that person being serious? They seriously sent it, Casey. Okay, because it sounds like there's some conspiracy theories going on. Now, I've heard about the Biden mask thing. Yeah. A lot of people think there are two Bidens out there. Oh, wow. Look at the ears. The ears are different. One has a dangling lobe. One doesn't. And there's markings on his neck, and the hair is different. I've not heard about the different heights of the Clintons before. I had not either. But I think what he's saying to you is that maybe you're a little paranoid. I know. I think he's saying I'm clueless to what's going on around me. I think he's saying that this person thinks that there are two Obamas and two Clintons and the Clint or uh, uh, two Obamas, two Bidens, two I guess two Clintons. Mm-hmm. That they're all there's like it's Saddam Hussein. There's remember there's he had body all, doubles, the body out doubles. There. yeah. Okay. And Trump is the commander in chief. Do you think for two seconds, if Donald Trump were actually the commander in chief, he would be able to keep his mouth shut about being the commander in chief? (laughs) No, he would let you know he's the biggest, hugest commander in chief ever. (laughs) He's commanding because he's the chief. He, of course, would let you know. But okay, so maybe you're not the paranoid one. Uh, I think that is the paranoid one. The sender is Uh, the paranoid one. Okay, uh, remember yesterday we talked about, uh, yes, very good Gary Hawk in the YouTube chat, the real uh, Paul McCartney died in 1969. Yes, that is, remember that was Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Paul McCartney is what they call him. Yeah, Paul is dead, cranberry sauce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Number nine. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Okay, remember yesterday you read a correspondence that Mm -hmm. you had with a friend, right? Yeah. Yeah, about the birthday party. Yes. Do you want me to review that? Yeah, uh, yeah just very high level what the conundrum was. Okay, so mom had taken child to the park, and the daughter had befriended a group of other children that were there as part of a birthday party. Yes. And when it was time for cake, they all got in line, except for the mom of the birthday child told the random child, sorry, you can't have cake because you're not part of the party. Yes, and so we got into a debate about if the mother hosting the birthday party was a horrible person. Right. And should she have offered the random child cake or should the mother of the random child played interference and said, you know what, that's rude. You weren't invited. Let's just go over here and play by ourselves. And I think we kind of agreed that it was very petty of the mother hosting the birthday party to not offer a piece of cake to the other child. Yeah, and somebody sent me a message and said, well, what if the random child had an allergy? They could be sued. Well, yeah, okay, there's that, but you could say that for any of the people that were invited to the birthday party as well. Yeah, you're correct. Um, Somebody called about that. Hey, Rob and Katie, a couple things about this birthday party at the park. Okay, (laughs) as a mom... I think if I would have had another kid playing as part with all the birthday kids, I would have invited her and her mom over to have cake with the party. Um, if the little girl just got in line without her mom knowing, I would have said, you are more than welcome to have cake, but you need to go have your mom tell me it's okay. The last thing you want to do is feed a kid cake and find out they have a food allergy, and then you're, I don't know, being sued or something. Um, and lastly, Rob, you need to talk to Susan Beckwith about birthday etiquette because I think you failed. Have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
at the end of our uh, segment, mm-hmm. I did admit that when I was very young, mm-hmm. maybe nine-ish, <laughs> I accidentally, well, I didn't, is it accidentally if you just instinctively do something no, you without malice? You, okay, instinctively without malice. You, you had an intrusive thought. You thought about blowing out that candle, That's right. and then you just went ahead and did it. That's what it was. Because I feel like a court would not convict me. I mean, I did the act. What's the thing when you do the act, but it's not with, it's not pre-medi- premeditated? Yeah. yeah. You just did it instinctually. So what Rob did is he was invited to someone's birthday party. Right. All the children sang happy birthday. That's correct. It was not Rob's birthday party. That's right. And he probably blew out the candles. Yeah, that's correct. But the kid was your best friend. He was. Were you ever invited to another one of his birthday yeah, parties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, it was not, there was no, <laughs> again, it was momentary ins- insanity. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't mean spirited. Yeah, but did your best friend's mom get mad at you for doing that? There was a moment where she looked at me and I thought she was going to kill me. Like if it is, it was almost like I cannot believe what I just saw. But then she probably realized it, children are children and they do s- yeah. silly things. Yeah, I was hoping no one would notice it was me. <laughs> You're like <laughs> trying to disappear back behind the bushes. <laughs> it, the feeling I had, I have, I have never. Have you ever had the dump button used on you? No, no. Yeah, because I don't swear that. Well, often. okay, and and so I have never had to have the dump button used on me either for those of you who don't know the dump button is if there is something that goes across these airwaves kevin can hit a little button Mm -hmm. and it will chop off what we have said like four (laughs) seconds each way or something like that and so thus the profane statement would not go over the air i've never used a word on the air that i can't use but it is the feeling i've always pictured having if i ever did that that is how I felt the moment I blew out those candles. Mm-hmm. It was like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> I know I did it. Yeah. But I can't it's believe like I did it. you were watching someone else Yes! Do it it yeah. was as though I had become the person who was having the birthday party when clearly I was not the person having the birthday I think, party. I think we need to go deep on this at some point <laughs> and find out why you felt the need. Like, did you not have birthday parties of your own? I did. No, it was just, it was. that's why it was like an instinctive thing of like you hear... I heard the song, and for some reason, in my mind... That's what you do after yeah. you hear the song, you blow off no, the Casey, candles. Casey, you can make it like some sort of, oh my gosh, it's some sort of childhood trauma reveal. No, it just it was just a, like a momentary act of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. insanity slash lack of focus by a nine-year-old. Imagine that. I right. think your alter ego just took over Probably. There. Well, and I think that's probably what happened with this little girl. She was playing with kids in the park. Uh, an adult said, okay, it's time for cake. And, well, cake, yeah. And she just went along of course she wanted cake too same exact experience all right hammer joins us next you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you <laughs> nice, Kevin. 1048, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Hammer from the Hammer and Nigel Show joins us in the studio. So the Brownsburg High School Hall of Fame push is on. I We've got to get Rob Last in. Last night, 
Yeah. I filled my ballot out last night for Mr. Kendall. So for those of you who don't know, a couple years ago, Brownsburg High School started a hall. The, the Education Foundation started a Brownsburg High School Hall of Fame. And it was made very clear to me, not that I needed it made clear to me, by the superintendent that I will never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever <laughs> get in that Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as a result, every year when the balloting opens up, we put we get as many listeners as possible to submit my name just to enrage those people that they have to see how many people actually like me and appreciate what I've done. Because if this truly is a voting system, if it really legitimately is on the up and up, you can't tell me that Rob hasn't received more votes than anybody else through this balloting process. Yes. And the other great part of this is they send out rejection letters to every person who submits. I'm sure when they started this, it was like, we got nine submissions, right? Well, now people, and people have told me they get them. They have to send out hundreds of these to people rejecting my name. So we we are not under the illusion that I'm going to get into the Hall of Fame, but we just want to enrage people I don't like as much as possible. Plus you want them to spend money on postage. Well, I think it's saying. a I think it's a virtual letter. I don't yeah. think okay. they actually submit. I've always gotten an email. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now the thing is, it's not just because, you know, Rob's trying to be a troll. If you look at his accomplishments, yeah. I mean, nobody cares more for that town than Rob Kendall does. Yeah. You went to school there. You still live there. Your family lives there. Your children are going to be born there. You attend these meetings because you care about the town. You have saved the townspeople hundreds, if not millions of dollars in taxes. You talk about the community on the radio and... You are number one in your time slot for being a radio host. These are things that I think warrant being in the Brownsburg Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. you defeat one referendum and cost the school corporation $100 million and they hold a grudge forever. They never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so the deadline is October 1st yeah, for this. Yeah, so, so we've got the summer push going on. Yeah. So, the, well, this is our, our spring. Well, to, yesterday was summer, the start of summer, right? Yeah. So we will have an early summer push mm-hmm. and then we're going to do it again in the fall as we get closer okay. just to ruin their day once again. Now, there are some questions on there, and I see a lot of people asking these questions, because when you fill out the ballot, uh, they ask you for your phone number, yeah. your address, and your graduation year. Yeah, so we give them the uh, hotline phone number, 317-684-8444, so if they call to confirm, that's what they'll hear. And then the uh, the address, 40 Monument Circle, that's the radio station address, 40 Monument Circle Indianapolis 46204 and uh, 2002. Damn, I'm old. Okay, so it, you've got that posted somewhere yeah, on your yeah. social media, At right? Robin Kendall, I've got the information up there. You can see it. And the list of accomplishments, I just rattled them off. You could fill that in and just be honest. There's no need to even troll these people. If you fill this out honestly, there's no reason why Rob shouldn't have a puncher's chance of getting in this thing. If you were to just list under accomplishments, Tax cutting machine. <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. The next induction is March eighth. Yeah. Are you available? Do you have your speech prepared? Oh, I will. I will be there. I am. I, I'm so excited. I know at some point the school will want to extend the olive 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 branch as we move into the uh, new year, and maybe it will go better and. 
who knows? I see they have posted a sample application oh, online. Yes. And there, why is this nominee worthy of the Alumni Hall of Fame? And the first sentence is, and this is their example. Yeah. Sally Smith was a pleasant person in high school. <laughs> Is, is that where the problem begins for us? Uh, look, again, I will restate my previous position. You cost the school corporation $100 million mm-hmm. in needless new taxes. Mm-hmm. You also were... broke the story of kids being forced to eat vomit. Yeah, that hasn't sat well with the uh, with the people over there right. at Stadium Drive either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, NBA draft is tonight. Yes. Interesting night for the Pacers tonight. They've got options. Yeah. Uh, seventh pick in the draft. There's a lot of trade rumors out there. We will see what happens. But kind of a tradition that we like to do is whenever there's a major draft, whether it's the NBA or whatnot or the NFL, we pick fictional athletes and think about how they would apply to the draft. Yeah. So when the NFL draft rolled around, we had a conversation of which fictional football player would you draft for your team? Well, there's not as many fictional basketball players. And the rules that we have in place here, Casey, mm-hmm. Rob and I agreed, if you're a real basketball player playing the role of a basketball player, doesn't that count. doesn't count. Okay. So you can't talk about like Shaq and Blue Chips or uh, the movie He Got Game, where it was Ray Allen. <laughs> playing Jesus Shuttlesworth. You know, that that's Ray Allen and Shaq. You can't have Michael Jordan and Space right. Jam. Sure. So this is the list that I came up with. Oh, wow. Okay? My first pick would be Sydney from White Men Can't Jump. Interesting, yeah. Wesley Snipes that's character. Good one, uh-huh. yeah. I chose him over Billy Hoyle because Billy's off-the-court shenanigans <laughs> I think would be a distraction yeah. to my team. Uh, very John Morant-like, having some problems <laughs> off the court. But Sidney has always been consistent. Yeah. And Wesley Snipes is such an athlete. He played a Major League Baseball player in Willie Mays Hayes. Yep. Yep. He played a football player in the movie Wildcats with Goldie Hawn. And he was in the Robert De Niro movie, The Fan. Yes. He played a baseball player in The Fan. And he's believable in all of them. So give me Sydney. Anybody that can take it to the rack against King and the Duck has my number one pick. All right. Uh, I will see that. And, of course, I have to go local. Jimmy Chitwood. Now, I thought yeah. about Jimmy, but I feel like he's more of a niche player. Like, if you get him off of a screen, he's going to hit a jumper. <laughs> but you're going to have to protect him defensively. I can't see Jimmy Chitwood being able to body up and guard Clay Thompson in a two spot. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, Who's he going to guard? How about Jimmy from Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with Jimmy. Um, are we taking a gamble on Teen Wolf? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, Scott Howard. You, it's what we call a project, right? Yeah. You know, you're hoping he can control the wolf and launch it when you need it the most. Because if he can't launch the wolf, it you've just wasted a draft pick. Isn't that what they do in the second round with the foreign players? Like this guy's a project. We're we're gonna send him to the G League and right. see what happens. See if he can control the wolf a little bit. Um, this one might be a stretch, but I feel like it's worthy of a late first-round pick. Yeah. Lewis Scott from the movie Celtic Pride. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Damon Wayans, Damon right? Damon Wayans yeah. playing Utah Jazz star. or uh, Yeah, Lewis Scott. Yeah, and a great movie. If you want to see an underrated sports movie, Daniel Stern in it, Dan Aykroyd in it. My favorite part is there. there's a scene where guy get, he gets shot at, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, you could have shot me. And Dan Aykroyd goes, I wish I had. I shot my Bill Buckner ball. <laughs> great, great underrated movie. I love it. What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, we have got you. 
coming in to go off the rails, and we'll have the latest on all the investigations, crime in Indy, the submarine that's probably gone, all of that and more. Thank you, Airbud. It's Kendall and Casey <laughs> on 93 WIBC. <laughs>